0: Hey, good evening, everyone. It's time for Ham Talk Live, episode number 249, VHF contesting and roving, recorded live on Thursday, March 4th, 2021. I'm your host, Neil Rapp, WB9VPG. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Ham Talk Live. Tonight, we're joined by Jim Wilson, K5ND. And we will take your calls live a little later in the show. Last week, John Portune, W6NBC, was here to talk about building an ugly ballon. If you missed that show, you can listen anytime at HamTalkLive.com or on your favorite podcast app or on YouTube. And you can catch the rebroadcast of Live. Saturday afternoons at about 3.30 p.m. Eastern Time over on WTWW. That's 5.085 a.m. Again, Saturday afternoons around 3.30 in the uh, Eastern Time Zone. And um, we want to thank WTWW for carrying the show every week. Well, a couple of announcements here before we uh, talk to Jim. Uh, One just came in this afternoon, Um, a note from Christian K0STH, who uh, appears on the show from time to time. He uh, has the 100 Watts in a Wire uh, show, and they are um, teaming up with uh, another ham with a YouTube channel, um, and they're trying to raise some public awareness on behalf of a Detroit area ham. Uh, that's been diagnosed with end-stage renal failure. Uh, Phil Ross, AB8PR, um, has been told that unless a matching kidney can be located from a living donor soon, uh, he will require dialysis, and that's a time-consuming intervention, and it's not considered a cure. So Christian uh, K0STH and uh, Alexander. Uh, uh W7HU are turning their respective channels on YouTube into some venues for the Papa Phil challenge. Uh, they hope that a compatible donor can be found in time so 100 watts at a wire um, is about the intersection of life and ham radio and uh, Alexander's uh, channel W7HU Alex, Uh, live streams, the contacts that he makes. Uh, Many of those are international contacts, Uh, weekdays from 3 to 6 p.m. So um, they have teamed up to try to get the word out on this. And um, they've put together this uh, weekly Wednesday program called the Spirit of Radio, a nod to the prominent ham radio plays uh, a prominent role. Ham radio plays in public service, and um, Bayadere says uh, the only thing we ask in return is those who watch the live streams post the link to Papa Phil's video from his website on their social media pages. So they're trying to uh, to get the word out here. So for more information, visit the Papa Phil website at Papa Phil Can C A N Papa Phil Can. Dot com. And um, they're also going to do a uh, special event. Um, so they're going to be on 17, 20, 40, and 80 meters from March 13th through March 20th, uh, sharing Phil's story and using the call sign Kilo4Papa, K4P. So uh, they'll be on sideband and FT8 special event QSL, QSL cards. If I could talk tonight, goodness. Um, and a downloaded downloadable I need, just need to slow down, I think. A downloadable digital certificate will be available. So uh, check that out, the uh, papafilcan.com and the special event for Papa Phil. And um, hopefully uh, he can find a match soon. Also, uh, I want to remind you about the QSO Today Virtual Ham Expo returning here shortly in about uh, nine days, actually, March 13th and 14th. Early bird tickets are $10 as part of the speaker lineup. ARRL CEO David Minster in A2AA will deliver the keynote on Saturday, March 13th from 12 to 1 Pacific time. And he'll be talking about advancing amateur radio and current ARRL initiatives. And, uh, also our guest tonight, Jim Wilson, K5ND, will be, uh, presenting at that expo about, uh, VHF contesting. So, uh, you can see some of the things that, uh, we're talking about tonight. So, uh, get your questions ready to go for Jim. If you're listening to us live on Thursday night, you can give us a call after the interview. Uh, let me go ahead and give you the phone number so you can have it ready. We'll let you know when it's time. Uh, but the telephone number when it's time will be 859 982 Again, 859 982 And we also take questions via Twitter. The Twitter handle is at HamTalkLive. And if you're on Spreaker, you can type in the comments there, too. That acts kind of like a little chat room. So... Uh, we'll we'll check those throughout the evening as well and I'll be back with Jim right after this word from Tower Electronics right here on Ham Talk Live
1: Hey honey have you seen the PL259s anywhere
0: No I haven't Come on kids let's go
2: There's just one place to go for all of your connector needs: Tower Electronics. Tower
1: Electronics. Tower
2: Electronics. electronics. A giant giant warehouse warehouse of of connectors connectors and adapters adapters for every every occasion. occasion. Thousands to choose from in every shape, size, and color. And they have antennas, soldering supplies, cables, meters, and more. Or where do you go if you want to buy a connector at a fraction of retail cost? Tower Tower Electronics. Tower Electronics. Tower Electronics. And this weekend only, take advantage of our special liquid. Sale. Buy nine solder type PL 259s. Get the 10th one for just one penny. penny, penny. They make great Christmas presents. And what better way to say I love you than with the gift of a PL 259?
1: Tower Electronics. Tower Electronics. Tower Electronics.
0: I'm Scott, KB9AMM of Tower Electronics. I like the PL259 connectors so much, I bought the company. Tower Electronics, coming to a hand fest near you,
2: or online at pl-259.com. And we're in the yellow pages under Amateur Radio Connectors. My, wherever did you get that lovely PL259? Tower Electronics, pl-259.com, or call 920-435-2973. Do we sell PL259 connectors? ham talk live the longer you listen the later it gets
0: welcome back to ham talk live tonight jim wilson K-5ND joins us on the Orlando Amateur Radio Club and Hamcation Zoom line. Jim is retired from the Boy Scouts of America headquarters where he spent 21 years in publishing and communications. He's now a freelance writer and the past president of the K-2BSA Amateur Radio Association. Check them out at K-2BSA.net. And he is a well-known author, including some VHF contesting articles in the national contest journal, where, uh, we, we share some of the pages. So Jim, glad to have you back tonight. And, uh, there's been uh, a lot of stir about, uh, hearing about your roving setup, especially. So thanks for
3: being here. Well, thank you, Neil. Thanks for, uh, for inviting me. And, uh, and uh, and really, before we get started, I, I want to congratulate you on being named the 2021 Carol Perry Educator of the Year. A well-deserved uh, uh, recognition of all that you're be you're doing in uh, in education and ham radios. Congratulations.
0: Well, thank you, Jim. I I appreciate that, and that uh, means a lot. I know you have worked with. Uh, Youth for a very long time, and uh, have opened a lot of doors into uh, youth and amateur radio as well. And um, y- you've done a-, a fantastic job. And I know uh, Bill is uh, is carrying that on. And uh, if we can get rid of this this COVID stuff, it would it would help tremendously um, and get some kids on the air. But. Tonight, we're going to talk about VHF contesting and roving. And so for someone that's just getting into the VHF side of things, uh, where should they look to operate? And, and what what modes, what bands, how much activity is, is really out there?
3: Okay, uh, well... The, uh, that's a lot to, lot to answer, but, uh, actually before. In 50 words uh, or less, be, no. 50 <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. And mail it in, mail it in for a magic decoder ring. Yes, but, there uh, you go. It, but actually, uh, the, the phrase I want to use to describe VHF contesting, and I have borrowed this, uh, from, uh, uh W, W, uh, 5ZN, uh, Magic bands with super results from average stations. Okay. So the, the, that's the thing that I like about this. There's a lot of magic happening on these bands, particularly six meters. Uh, it's Joel Harrison, W5ZN. I've forgotten his name. I, he got me into VHF contesting. He, not sure he knows that from his, uh, sessions at contest university. He Gradually roped me, me into this, but. They're small antennas. They're high gain antennas in a, in a very small space. So, and actually right here now, I've got a six meter antenna up in my backyard on the top of a push up mass, a, a fiberglass push up mass. And that's what I operate on six meters. And, it, and just a few, well, in January, I worked, um, North Cook Islands E51WL on, on FTA. Uh, and I copied, uh, uh, lu5 FF from Argentina just uh, last week uh, I didn't what didn't manage to work him but there's there's stuff happening on these bands but the the question was well where for contesting wh- where's the action and it's it's six meters two meters a little bit of action on 222 432 is good and 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 all the way up from there that's what covers VHF contesting the the um, as far as the frequency goes, there's some national calling frequencies uh, for single sideband. It's uh, 50.125, 144.200, 432.100. There's, FM is also used in VHF contesting. And there's even a category called FM only. And it's getting a lot of attention. Uh and there's there's some great uh, guys working FM only in the contest. So get your handy talkie out and 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 work it. But I, I'll also share that uh F T eight uh is also is it is probably the majority of activity that's happening in VHF contesting these days. Some people are happy about that, some people are not so happy about that, and that happiness and and displeasure isn't restricted to VHF contesting uh, by (laughs) any means. But, uh, um, but also as far as uh, the amount of activity, VHF contesting is really a regional uh, activity, unless there's a big opening on six meters and then it's, then it can be nationwide. It can, and, and, and even, uh, even worldwide to, to a certain extent. So, uh typically if well here in north texas after the first couple of hours of contest of the contest the activity dies down because you've already worked everybody uh that's here in the area um yeah. but if you're in the northeast there or chicago or los angeles some of the bigger communities the atlanta area etc uh florida there's a lot more activity simply because there's a lot more stations out there. Uh, So uh, that's, that's the 500 words or less answer to that question.
2: (laughs) (laughs)
0: Oh, very good. Well, um, can you give us some, some tips on VHF contesting to have a better experience? Uh, You know, of course, you know, we always talk about antennas being like, you know, the thing, but uh, what suggestions would you have for, for getting your VHF contesting station the, the best experience you can have?
3: You know, uh, the first uh, key is, one, turn the radio on and with whatever antenna you happen to have. If you're typically working repeaters, Fire up FM on uh, literally on the calling channel. 146.52 is open for contesting. Uh, another way to, to make it the experience better is to reach out to your fellow club members, reach out to the club and say, let's all get on the air. Let's all make something happening. Let's let's make some noise and, and have some fun with this set up. You don't have to, um, be a competitor at the national level. You can be a competitor at the club level, and you can also bundle um, the activity from your club to enter the club portion of these contests. And you know, let me give you that overview too. There's there's four major VHF contests during the course of the year. There's one in January. There's one in June. That's typically very good for six meter uh, activity. There's one in July, that's the CQ contest. Uh, That's got some different rules, that's only six and two meters, but it's also good uh, for the six meter activity because that's when sporadic E is happening during the summer, and then there's the September contest. So uh, that's how I'd make it a better experience is find more people to work, Uh, encourage your club to participate, not only as um, individuals, but uh, I was, I got it down here somewhere. I've, I've been doing presentations to, uh, to clubs on VHF contesting and six meters. And, uh, and in talking to in, in, the questions have offered more insight than probably my, my uh, presentation, but the ARRL club categories, uh, a local club is 10 or fewer members submit their logs and then you're in the club competition the cq contest it's only three uh entries to get you into the club competition but but don't stop there have the competition within your club who gets the more points who gets the more qso's uh the the more grids uh, as multipliers so um i think activity and participation it will make your experience better and then of course. Uh, you can always uh, that, uh, what us uh, fanatics do is we buy more antennas, and we, <laughs> we buy more amplifiers and radios. And you can always do that.
0: <laughs> now, a lot that, of that would st- be it. Oh. A lot of the stir on, on social media and everything this week uh, with the show is, was concerning a couple of pictures of yours that I posted. Uh, with your roving setup so let's uh, let's talk about that because i know there's a lot of people interested in that and you know, if, if you're like me and, and you you know you, you've spent most of your time in very unpopulated areas um, you may have to
3: go to the activity so let's talk about that for a little bit well, you know, and it all that, um, my rover operation ties into what I was just exp- uh, expressing is that making contacts is what it's all about. And what I was experiencing VHF contest here in North Texas was literally after the first hour or two, that was it. Now, uh, Sunday mornings, there would be some tropospheric opening, and so some things will happen there. Maybe six meters will open up. But the excitement that was happening, if you were still in the chair, was whenever a rover would happen to drive through the area, and you'd work them and whatever grids they activated and whatever bands they had. And finally I said, well, heck, why don't I do that? Let's set up a rover. Let's go out and – um, fire up in one grid and work all those stations, go to the next grid and work all the same stations, <laughs> and then the next one and the next one after that. So that's what I decided to do. And I really went through uh, three phases of my rover operation. And the photos that you're showing uh, are, is phase three. But my first phase, I, I literally had a painter pole the things that you attach to uh, a, a roller when you're painting, uh, painting a wall. I paint pole. pole, I put a couple of uh, diamond Yaggies on it, one for two, one for 432, because that's all I had. And I had an ICOM IC910, which it had just two bands. And I drove out, fired it up, set the pole up, and worked a bunch of stations. Worked them here in Dallas, worked them in Austin, San Antonio, etc. And I had a blast. And so, that comes back to my point as well. Turn the radio on, start participating, and then start making improvements. So phase two, I, I this I got a um, uh, a fiberglass push up mast, some better antennas, uh, put a ninety one hundred in there, so I had the uh, the six meters on the air as well. And then phase three, um, my problem with the phase two was. I had a stand-up operation with the radios in the back of my uh, SUV. It was 115 degrees during the uh, CQ contest. That wasn't pleasant. And then it was raining during the September contest. That wasn't pleasant. So I said, I need to – and then it was also – I had to set everything up every time I stopped at a grid. So I said, I need to get over this. Let's set it up inside the car and mount the antennas on top of the car. And so that's basically what I did. I, I modeled it after a, uh, a, a tower, a three-legged uh, tower, uh, put the rotator on there and a mast and uh, mounted the antennas. You can mount the antennas very close together without a lot of problem. And so I drive, I park, and I point the antenna at the stations that I'm trying to work now that is one difference with my rover operation. I don't operate while I'm in motion. Now that is not a winning strategy, <laughs> but <laughs> um, but I do not do multitasking uh, and and driving and trying to work uh, stations would not work for me at all. But but this this is what I've chosen to do, and I have have a lot of fun with it, and uh, and I can set up the 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 station that I want. Uh, because I can't put up a tower here at my house or or permanent antennas so that's my my way I don't I don't really have rest, um homeowners association restrictions I I have uh uh financial and wifely types of <laughs> restrictions <laughs>
0: yes those those can be just as powerful if not more so <laughs> yes definitely Well, your, your latest phase, uh, you know, inside of, of the vehicle is is just fabulous. Uh, you know, seeing the tower and rotor on top and, uh, and then the, uh, you know, computer screen and and the rig inside of the car, it it looks great. And when I was trying to figure out a a roving satellite operation, I was like, okay, Jim, uh, tell, tell me what your ideas are, because I i i can't do that tower and rotator and everything that you did and so uh I started looking in a in a couple of different directions and and found something that was a a decent compromise but uh still trying to improve on that but uh uh so far i've kept it to uh to satellite roving but uh it's been a lot of fun. So, um, I know we have some questions about, uh, about the roving. So we'll, uh, we'll tackle those here in just a little bit. Um, but, um, tell me a little bit about this, this, uh, rotor setup. How, How do you, how do you make all that work on the car?
3: Well, um, yeah, actually I encourage, uh, you and the listeners, I have a video on the website that uh, that shows me setting it up for I think it was the June 2020 contest where I lift the whole thing and put it up on top of the car. But uh, I uh, my um, uh, building skills are restricted to two by fours and plywood, and so that's what it's made out of, uh, uh, screwed and glued uh, together. Uh, uh, fashion to exactly fit on the, uh, the roof, uh, top, uh, rack, uh, that's, it's an Equinox that, that I have there. Then I use some, um, uh, ratchet, uh, straps to strap it into, onto the, uh, um, onto the top of the car. Uh, I call it, after that, I call it my flight test. I take it out and drive 70 miles an hour. If it flies off, then it didn't pass. <laughs> if it stays on, it passes. But, um, and, and so I've also, um, uh, it's a, it's a Yesu 450, uh, rotator. That's their smallest one that's mounted on the, on the plywood. I have a, uh, DX engineering mast. Uh, it's an aluminum two inch mast that's going up from there. And, um, I, I, I used a, uh, DX engineering thrust bearing and then a tower, uh, tray, I guess it's called or, or such. Mm-hmm. So that, that basically established the dimensions that I needed. And then, the Lowe's hardware has this, uh, it's called Steel Tech and it, it, it's a, it's, a, or it's Steel Tech that manufactures it. I buy it at Lowe's, but Steel Tech has these things that are normally set up to do, um, uh, shelving. Uh, so they've got some, uh, uh, connections for the shelves and, and pipes and, uh, and, and things like that. And so I used to, three of those as the legs, uh, put the, the thrust rotor or thrust bearing and, and, such on that. And it's all bolted in place. And, uh, and then, uh, it, it comes to a total height of 12 feet. Uh, so I put I literally put a sign on top of my, on the windshield of my car that says you're 12 feet high do not forget this
2: uh, <laughs> trees
3: trees have a tendency to uh, to bite you and yes, I don't ask do. me how I know that but um, uh, so at the top is a moxin for six meters uh, then uh, at present time I have a I use uh, directive uh, systems uh, rover yaggies. They're yaggies that are all eight foot uh, boom lengths. So the two meter uh, yaggy is, uh, I think it's five elements. I thinking that right? Might be five or six. I've forgotten. Uh, the two twenty two is, uh, uh, I think, ten elements, and the uh, four thirty two is fifteen elements and uh so they all have the same boom length, except that Moxon that's up there. mount those route the cables um and uh um uh and then and yeah route the cable uh, from the uh from the rotator in into the car as well and pretty much all set Where The other challenge is r f i you're sitting you're oh, sitting yeah. in a metal box Oops, sorry,
0: no go right ahead Nick. yeah i'm 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 sure you have uh, a lot of uh, a lot of RFI running around, especially with all the uh, the electronics in the cars these days.
3: Yeah, electronics in the car, but mostly it's those antennas, and uh, and you're sitting in a metal box just a few feet away from them. Uh, but ferrites are your friend, um, and uh, so I've I've been able to, by and large, uh, uh, eliminate the uh, the RFI. So yeah, it works.
0: And and your your story about, you know, the the 12 foot uh, restriction also reminds me of 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 the good old days uh, back at Hamvention uh when people would drive down Main Street in Dayton and the electric trolley lines were right above the uh, street and <laughs> I've heard there were a few incidents with antennas.
3: Wow. I had not heard that one. Oh, man.
0: <laughs> so, yes, you have to remember that. And and I relate to your, your driving test because I did that with my, my satellite setup that I did. I, I said, okay, but today's the day. I'm going to. Drive highway speed and and let's see if it falls off. So, didn't, <laughs> thank goodness. So, uh, yep. I've been there and done that. All right. Well, let's uh, take a break right now, and then uh, we're going to come back and we're going to take some questions and phone calls at nine or eight five nine nine eight two seventy three seventy three, and uh, on Twitter. And we'll have the joke of the week and all that when we come back right after this word from Icom America right here on Ham Talk Live. The Great Outdoors is calling. Get outside and under the stars with one of ICOM's ultimate SDR transceivers. Stay connected while off the grid. The IC705 is the perfect transceiver for hams who enjoy both the great indoors and outdoors. It's the perfect QRP companion. This base station has features and functionality at the tip of your fingers in a portable package covering HF 6 meters, 2 meters, 70 centimeters, and just under 2 pounds. It has a 4.3-inch color touch. Screen with live band scope and waterfall, 5 watts with a battery, 10 watts with a power supply. It runs AM, FM, CW sideband, full D star functions, and has integrated GPS, micro USB connector, Bluetooth, wireless LAN, and micro SD card slot, and the speaker mic comes standard. The perfect accessory for the IC 705 is the optional backpack with a special compartment for your 705 and room for accessories. Visit the IC 705 webpage to view those accessories and free software. Software ...available for download. Or create your own band opening with the IC9700. This transceiver brings direct sampling to the UHF VHF weak signal world. This all-mode transceiver is loaded with innovative features that are sure to keep you busy. With a 4.3-inch color touchscreen with real-time spectrum scope and waterfall... ...smooth satellite operation with 99 satellite channels... ...dual watch operation and full duplex operation in satellite mode. Visually sees the VHF UHF world with ic ICOM's IC 9700. Heard it, worked it, logged it. ICOM's IC7300 is a high-performance, innovative HF transceiver with a compact design that will far exceed your expectations. This innovative HF transceiver digitizes RF before various receiver stages to reduce the generated inherent noise in different IF stages. The IC7300 is the radio that changed the way entry-level HF is designed. With RF direct sampling, 15 discrete bandpass filters, a large 4.3-inch color touchscreen, real-time spectrum scope and SD memory card slot. The real HF fun starts here. Visit icomamerica.com slash amateur for more information on ICOM radios. If you're a fan of
2: Tim Allen's TV series, Last Man Standing, you'll have a final chance to contact the show's amateur radio club station before it goes QRT. This is KA0XTT73. The week-long KA6LMS radio special event starts on March 24th at 0000 UTC and runs through 2359 UTC on March 30th. This will be an all-mode, all-band event. KA6 LMS QSL cards will be available for stations who contact the stage directly or through relay stations. Special event certificates, including clean sweep endorsements, will be available via download. For more information, go to www.gsbarc.org. Join the conversation. Give us a call at 859-982-7373. Again, the number to call is 859-982-7373. Or if you'd rather type than talk, tweet us at Ham Talk Live. Now, here's Neil Rapp with more Ham Talk Live. You're listening to Ham Talk Live, the most popular podcast with the words ham, talk, and live in the title. Here's your host, Neil
0: Rapp. Welcome back to Ham Talk Live. Thanks to ICOM America for sponsoring the show. They bring Ham Talk Live your way every Thursday night at 9 p.m. Eastern Time right here at HamTalkLive.com. And be sure to check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And I forgot to mention Tower Electronics uh, Ham Fest schedule. They're in Fort Walton Beach, Florida on March 19th and 20th. Fort Payne, Alabama on March 27th. And some more coming up. Uh, but you can visit them anytime at pl-259.com, and you can get your uh, connectors and more for your ICOM rig. So uh, let's see here. Oh, yes, it is time uh, once again for the uh, joke of the week from N9 GSU. So take it away, Rick. Now it's time for the Ham
2: Talk Live Ham Radio Joke of the Week, the part of the show where Rick tells us a Ham Radio Joke. The Ham Talk Live Ham Radio Joke of the Week is brought to you by QRM Labs. Now, here's Rick Garrett, in 9 GSU, with today's Ham Talk Live Joke of the Week.
1: All the computers on the International Space Station are Linux, because... You can't open windows in space.
2: This has been the Ham Talk Live, Ham Radio Joke of the Week with Rick Garrett, in 9 GSU. Tune in again next week for another joke from Rick.
0: Uh, I bet they're wishing they could open a window and, and... Find out what, what's up with that feed line up there at the International Space Station right now. Well, thank you, Rick. And uh, he'll be back with another joke of the week next week. And um, now it is time for your phone call. So if you have a question, give us a call. 859 859- 982-7373 or tweet us. It's at Ham Talk Live. And if you're listening to us on WTWW or the podcast edition, you won't be able to reach us. We're recording this live on Thursday night. Okay. Well, we actually have a caller on the line waiting. So good evening. Welcome to Ham Talk Live. Who's this?
1: Uh, good evening. Uh, my name is, uh, Joe Durnell. Uh, my amateur call is uh, NE3R, November Echo 3 Romeo. Um, I know Jim a, a little bit through Scouts, and I've, I've heard him on the satellite, so I don't think I've ever worked him on the air. Um, so I had a, a, a question about the 23-centimeter band, and if, uh, if, Jim, do you expect uh, more activity on the band uh, since the uh, ICOM IC-9700 has been uh, such a hot seller lately?
3: Yeah. Hi, Joe. Thanks for calling in. And, uh, uh, Joe is, uh, the, was the, uh, uh, on our staff, uh, at, uh, I think a couple of jamborees, uh, and, uh, including, uh, serving as a QSL manager for, uh, the K2BSA operations. So, uh, so it's good to hear from you. And thanks for calling in. 23 centimeters. Uh, I, th- I would expect there'd be some more activity. The, the, the challenge there, of course, is the, the 9700 has, uh, it's 10 watts out, um, which is, which is, is fine and a good starting point. Uh, I also have the, I have the IC9100 and with the, uh, with the, uh, 1296, uh, uh, plug-in or however it goes. So it's 10 watts out as well. And I've been g- giving some consideration to the, uh, The ARRL 22 megahertz and up uh, distance challenge that happens in August. And thinking a little bit about uh, uh, putting a uh, uh, maybe tying an amplifier into that and uh, and a loop Yagi and getting out roving for 23 centimeters. uh, The. for for my own VHF contesting uh, activities, I I, I limited rover, so that's just the bottom four bands: six, uh, two meters, two twenty two, and four thirty two. And I do that to simplify my station, and but it's that's always the temptation in VHF contesting: adding more bands, getting up into the microwaves. And there, there, are categories uh, for that operation. I, I, I will say also that um, one of the discussions that's uh, going on, and probably has been going on for quite some time, is is the participation levels uh, uh, in contesting at those bands that you're talking about. Twenty three centimeters, uh, nine hundred megahertz is another one, and uh, and so on. It. The, the normal routine in VHF contesting is to find somebody typically on two meters and say, let's work the bands and you go up right up to 10 gigahertz if you've got it and you work them in each band. If you're operating FT8, that's really hard to do to even send the message, Hey, let's go to the next band. So that's a, that's a real discussion. So I, I would hope there's more activity on 23 centimeters, but, uh, we'll, we'll, I, I don't have any experience there myself. All
0: right. Thank you, Tim. Yeah. Thanks, Joe. Joe thank you for calling in. Okay, Joe, thank you for calling. And, uh, we appreciate, uh, you, uh, taking the time to ask a question here with, uh, Jim K 5nd So thanks a lot. Seven, three. All right. Eight, five, nine, nine, eight, two, right, 859-982-7373 is the phone number. If you would like to call in, give us a call right now. And, uh, we do have a couple that came in, uh, ahead of the show. So let's take those. Uh, Pete in one QDQ is looking at some support and rotor, uh, solutions for six meters, two meters and 70 centimeters. So, uh, you want to
3: take that one, Jim? You betcha. Um, well, you can, you can get a, uh, see quite a few photos, uh, on my website, k5nd.net, uh, on, uh, on how I've approached it. Uh, but, I'll tell you the the um the thing about rovers is every rover installation is different. Um I've seen a lot of guys guys with pickup trucks and uh uh and, and tripod type of uh, towers out of the truck bed. Um guys like my, myself where I'm uh, uh pushing the mast up uh, next to the to the car. Uh check out uh Andrea uh, into or K2EZ? Do I have that right? Is it N2EZ? Well, one of those, she's got this huge setup on her car for quite a few bands. Um, I know they're 85, oh, not thinking of the KA5D. Uh, he has a Volkswagen, uh, a Vanagon or, or, uh, a mini bus type of thing with antennas on top of it. Uh, a lot of guys use their, uh, trailer hitches and they've got a setup there uh that they just slide into the trailer hitch and and the mast comes up off of that sometimes it'll fold down for travel and fold back up for for operation you name it they got it uh one of the the fun things for me has been the uh Central States Central States VHF uh Society uh ha- has for their annual conference a Rover Bowl and the rovers drive their rovers there, set them up and let you go, let you tour them. And they ask, answer questions. And every single one is different. In fact, I'm, I'm having a, a, a video playback. One guy at the last one I attended, in, which was in Wichita, had made a six meter Yagi out of a walker. <laughs> oh, wow. Bent the tube, took the tubes apart and all that sort of stuff and put, the, put the thing up. So you name it, people are doing it. And a, a good place, you know, check out websites, find, look at the, the rover listings in the contest results. Check out their QRZ pages. There's a rover, uh, group on, uh, on Facebook, uh, where there's a lot of pictures and they're trading, uh, what they what they're doing. That, that's another good place uh, to look for the, for ideas, uh, and, and, and uh, in what you want to do for your situation.
0: Okay. Well, thank you for uh, writing in, Pete, and I uh, hope that uh, answers your question. We've got another one uh, we'll get to here in a second, but we have another caller on the line, so uh, let's see who we have here. Good evening. Welcome to Ham Talk Live.
1: Hello? Hey, good evening. Uh, this is Aaron in Virginia, whiskey for Juliet Sierra Tango.
0: Hey, nice to hear you on, uh, you have a question here for Jim tonight.
1: Yeah, I, I've got two questions if I can, and uh, thank you for taking my call and, uh, uh, first time listener on the program. So, uh, <laughs> real interested. Uh, thanks for having it. Um, one question, uh, just curious if, if during the contest, when you're roving, if you, uh, uh, keep an ear out on any, uh, FM such as one, four, six, five, two or anything like that. And, uh. Also curious as you're out roving, uh, or maybe ahead of time, how do you go about picking uh, good locations to stop?
3: Okay, well, great. Um, well, Aaron, uh, there, it's it's. I will say that it's best practice for to listen to those FM and channels. Uh, I don't do that, <laughs> but. Um, <laughs> But the, the guys that win the contest, that's what they do. Uh, and the, I know I've worked with the, they're the OK Rovers. Actually, you might check that. I think it's OKRovers.com or something like that. Uh, but you might check out their website. It's a group of Rovers, uh, and they, they circle, they, they go to different grids and work each other and make a lot of contacts that way. But I know they do a lot of FM work. Um, typically I think what they're doing is see one of the reasons that I don't do that is all my antennas are tuned for the single sideband portion of the bands. They're all, and they're also horizontally polarized. Um, but what they do is they do that and they have whip antennas and things like that up there. Omnidirectional antennas specifically for FM. Uh, they also do a lot of work with local clubs and let them know, Hey, I'm coming through. I'm coming through on this day at this time, get on the air and give me a lot of contacts. So that does happen. It doesn't happen from the Wilson rover, um, but it, it does happen. It's absolutely best practice. Now, as to, to route, and I, the, um, uh, the, what I do is I go out and look at them beforehand. Uh, and then over the last few years, I found some favorites uh, that I, uh, that I focus on um, uh, mostly you can use uh, Google maps and, uh, and there's some other, some uh, summit location maps and things like that, but you, you can analyze those maps really closely and, and figure out where a good place might be. Um, the, <clears throat> um one where I've done that uh, a, a fair bit is uh, typically for one of the summer contests, I go out to the Texas Panhandle and I rove from out there and and I try, I set up a route around where four grids come together. So around a grid corner so that I can move very quickly from one grid to the next grid to the next grid and so on. and And then take off and, and drive. So that's, that's how I do that out in the, uh, in a panhandle here in North Texas. um, There, there's, there's similar places. I, um, uh, where I've found what I try to do is find high places, places without trees. Uh, That's very easy to do in the Texas panhandle where there are very few trees Here in in North Texas, west of Dallas, it's pretty easy to do. There's some ridges and things like that out there that I operate from. East Texas, where I also operate, it's a a little bit more challenging with the trees and the the ups and downs. But I found some places that that work. And uh, the other other trick um, is to plan your route so you're driving north and south. Uh, unless you're circling a grid square, you know the four corner uh, thing. North and south, if I'm if my memory's serving me right, is about 70 miles grid line to grid line. East and west, it's about 100 miles. So you know, optimally, you want your travel time to be uh, the the smallest amount of time. Particularly for my operation, since I don't operate when I'm driving, I operate when I stop. And I get in the back seat and start pointing the antenna. So uh, that's that's what I look for. Uh, and then my um, adding still more to that, my route typically starts west of of Dallas, moves south so that I'm south of Dallas, pointing closer into Austin, San Antonio, and Houston. And then I go back up the um, uh, the the east side of, of Dallas doing the same sort of thing, ending up in Oklahoma, actually. So uh hope that, hope that answered your question, Aaron. Yeah, absolutely. That,
1: that's a lot of good info. I, I really appreciate it. Thanks for uh, taking my call and, uh, and uh, answering both questions so well. Uh, uh, thanks again. Have a good night.
3: All right. Thank you, 7-3. All right, Aaron, thank you seven for three. calling.
0: And thank you for listening. Okay, thank you.
1: Home. Bye-bye.
3: I
0: thought we were going to have the long-time caller, first-time listener thing there, but it, it, I, it's supposed to be the other way around. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, we've got another one here. Uh, we're actually over time here, so uh, we'll we'll see if we get another call. But uh, let me get this one in because this came in early. Uh, Chris A D Four Z U in Tampa. Um, has four questions, uh, batteries, serial or parallel, uh, external portable power source, what would you recommend, um, typical location routes. Uh, you know, and how far do you go on, on a contest, and then um, ideas on custom mount fabrication. So there's a lot there. So I'll let you well, there take is. that.
3: Well, and that's what I'm um, – the DC, DC power thing, that's kind of where I'm focusing in a lot of attention right now. And I'll, I'll just mention one of the things I like about contesting is that from one contest to the next, you always have something you can improve. Uh, to help increase your score, to improve operating, etc. And where I've, you know, I've done the, the uh, rotor, I've done the antennas, I got the rigs, the, the computer. Now it's uh, more about DC power. And, uh, but I've, I've been using the power from the car. So I don't, and it's, that's 12 volts DC. I don't connect them in series or parallel. I just use the power from the car. I'm also starting to play around with using su- supplemental batteries, but I haven't quite figured that out yet. As far as external, uh, pow- portable power sources, I know a lot of people use generators. That's typically when they're going someplace and stopping, uh, firing up the generator. Um, but I've, I've not done that, uh, But I'm, that is something that's on my, on my list. On location routes during the contest, I'm, in the routes that I've chosen here around the Dallas-Fort Worth area, I'm typically putting in 750 miles, uh, over the course of a contest weekend. Um, it's been a little different with a, with the, uh, COVID restrictions. Uh, uh, in the past, I've stayed overnight at a, at a hotel. I'm driving home now uh, between uh, my uh, west route and my east route. But the the, the answers I had for Aaron uh, would apply to uh, selecting a, a, a rover route and custom mount fabrication. You betcha, that's what pretty much all of them are. We don't have them to buy off the shelf, but you can see ideas uh, off my website and uh, uh, and and. Um, the okay rovers site and the facebook group on uh, on rovers uh it's a private group but all you need to do is ask to join that um now i think i've clicked off those uh, those questions there neil
0: yep yeah, i believe you have and that's k5 nd k kilo five november delta dot net so you can check that out and then also you've got the uh the ham expo coming up and uh there'll be some video along with that so
3: you might mention that here real
0: quick before we go
3: yeah i'm uh uh it's the vhf contesting uh session that uh that i'm doing at the qso today virtual ham expo um and actually i'm uh I'm one of the last uh, presentations in the last hour of the uh, of the ham expo. I I like to think of it as uh, a batting cleanup, but it's more likely they're going to hand me a virtual broom to clean up the place after my. <laughs> I thought presentation. we were saving the best for last. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's it. That's it. Yeah, let's go with that one. <laughs> so that's yeah. There you
0: go. Good. Okay. Well, you can, uh, check that out and, uh, check out, uh, Jim's website, k5nd.net. And, uh, Chris, thank you for, uh, sending in those questions. So, uh, we're going to finish this up here, Jim. Uh, so any final comments before we go?
3: Turn your radio on uh, and get on the air for these VHF contests, uh, January, uh, June, uh, July, and September. They can be a blast. Uh, get your, bring your friends along and, uh, and make it happen.
0: Yeah, uh, I was going to mention earlier when you said that, that, that uh, we will guarantee that you will make more contacts if you turn the radio
3: on yeah oh you know neil i have a quick quick story there and it's a guy that you know uh gabe uh uh, who does a lot of satellite or used to do a lot of satellite rover operations um but one during one of the contests gabe was on mount uh mount scott in oklahoma working working satellites and and i i sent a tweet to him and i said gabe Point your antenna at me here in North Texas, and let's work. We and we worked two meters and four thirty-two. And I said, Gabe, turn your log in, and and he, and he and he did. I think he worked a couple of other guys, but he won the section for portable uh, operation in the contest <laughs> in Oklahoma. So get on the air; you can actually win in some of these categories. Yeah,
0: absolutely. I know, uh, Val nv V9L is always, uh, you know, uh, commenting on that is like, you know, enter, you may be the only one, so, uh, you, you can win. So exactly. Great. All right, Jim, well, thank you so much for being here and, uh, I hope you're, uh, recovering from those, uh, uh, 20 degree, uh, temperatures down there in Texas that, that, uh, uh, is a, a blast back to your past up and up North and, uh, hope everything is, uh, is going well. And, uh, we'll be talking with you again soon. I'm sure.
3: Thank you very much, Neil. It's been, it's been a pleasure and, uh, uh, we'll be saying seven, three. All right. Well, that is a wrap for this week's episode
0: of ham talk live. Thanks to my guest, Jim Wilson, K5ND, and everybody in cyberspace for listening and calling in and typing in. And I invite you back next Thursday night, 9 p.m. Eastern Time, uh, when Lou Maggio, NO2C, Sally Rosado, K2RYD, and John Amadeo... AA6JA will be here to talk about the last man standing QRT special event. And I uh, will be operating on that. So hope to hear you all on that uh, toward the end of the month. And we'll be here next week to talk all about it. And for a list of all of our upcoming guests, visit hamtalklive.com. And if you like the show, please leave us a review on uh, Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen That helps others find us faster and want to congratulate our winners. We uh, had a contest in February from those Apple podcast reviews and Josh WV4O, Jacob KG7EQN, and Brian W7JET are winners of Hamtalk Live t-shirts for leaving a review. So thank you all and and congratulations on... Winning those t-shirts and, uh, sent some emails a little while ago. So check those, send me your sizes and we'll get those sent out to you. All right. And also Ham Talk Live wants you to know with your generous help and support, Ham Talk Live has now climbed to 70th most popular technology podcast in Guatemala according to Chartable.com. So you, the listener, has made us what we are today. So thank you very much. And I I actually didn't make that up. It's, it's actually true. All right, so for now, this is Neil Rapp, WB9VPG, saying 7375, and may the good DX be yours.